FLW Podcast. I'm your host, Joe O'Pogger. Here's my good friend and co-host. He's sick this week, Jody White. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode uh, 45. Um, I feel like you pronounced your name differently than you usually do. Joe O'Pogger? Maybe not. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, I am really sick. Uh, Play through the pain, though. See, uh, yeah. see how we can make this work. Um, Came in today for all the podcast fans. Appreciate that, Jody. Yeah, uh, you guys are welcome. Pretty boring podcast with just me talking alone. So, well, you know, glad you, you're here. You could have, and uh, we're not ruling this out for the rest of the podcast. You could always, you know, sub Kyle Wood in. He did a pretty <laughs> capable job when you were off uh, gallivanting in Florida, as I recall. So, who knows? Uh, Maybe uh, maybe we'll have a guest appearance. There we go. That is an option in the future. But you're here for now. Just stay over on that side of the room. That's all I'm saying. I'm gonna try, and we'll see, we'll do. My- see, you've got your tissues there and some water. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay well behind my desk back here, and you know, talk to you from afar. All right, and uh, I'm gonna need more tissues at some point in time because <laughs> uh, it's that stage in the cold. Uh, but anyhow, Joe, did you have a nice weekend? <clears throat> um, Great weekend, yeah was uh fun filled with a lot of uh cool stuff a lot of football actually went to the high school football game on Friday night watched my team Malacca beat their hometown rival Foley like 28 27 in a thriller so that was fun then uh, Saturday cool. Saturday covered the college fishing event saw a hog brought to the stage we'll talk about that in just a little bit but that was an exciting event to cover. That, that was cool for a college fishing event definitely and uh, got a lot of work done saturday too cleaned out my garage and you know scrubbed the floors because i hadn't done that in a while and yeah went all out scrub the floor of your garage no in the house like clean the <laughs> garage say, that and seems a little excessive scrub the floors <laughs> in the house now we got a lot of just stuff done around the house and it was i was basically just busting my butt all day so that way i could guilt-free watch football on Sunday. And then football on Sunday was amazing. God dang, my Vikings looked good. <laughs> Crushing those uh, lowly St. Louis Rams, which... The Rams aren't very good. Though. You're right, you're right. Um, Big but... test coming up for us this weekend, though, against Tom Brady and your Patriots. Who I was going to ask a tough week who they week. played this week, because I'm not... I don't know. Um, but yeah, the Pats look pretty bad. Uh, they might be pretty who bad. Who do the Red Sox play, play this weekend? I don't know. I know they oh, wow. were just okay. playing the blue. They were just playing the Blue Jays, and I think they played the Orioles last night. Um, I thought you little, would know that. I don't know just who they're because playing because you're this such weekend. a big baseball fan. But no, we're I know, playing. I know who Virginia Tech plays. We play East Carolina. Okay. Um, and after beating Ohio we State, beat Ohio last State, week. yes, which was pretty awesome. That was a great game. I um, bet. How I was excited for I you. To that, I was, dude. I was so fired up. Um, it was awesome, and which. You know the thing. So, you know how Cody Meyer is the best, right? The best angler? Just in general. Oh, okay. Uh, anyhow, so another reason Cody so Meyer is the best. So, is he the boat? Andy Morgan's the goat. Does that mean Cody Meyer is the boat? You know, I'm getting behind that nickname a lot more than I'm getting behind the goat nickname, to All be right. honest. So, anyways, like what's going that. on with Cody Meyer? 
Well, so he tweeted me before the game, like seven in the morning, and then like after the game too. How about them Hokies? Because Cody mm-hmm. Meyer, big Hokie football fan. Who knew? I know, right? You think it would be like a UCLA fan or something? USC, something. Yeah, well, you know, I guess he just likes the Hokie brand of football. We're hard nosed, <laughs> lunch pail defense. It's a good, good thing going. Um, there you go. But yeah, so Cody Meyer, another reason he's the best in the world. How was your weekend? Did you get out fishing in addition to the uh, Hokies football game? Um, I did. Okay. Uh, I fished uh, Friday and Saturday. And Back on the river? I went on the river on Saturday on Pool 4, Okay, uh, which was interesting. It's much different than Pool 3. How so? Well, it's got a lot more grass in it. Uh, Lake Pepin is like a wasteland. I don't like that. I don't like that. <laughs> It's really long. Um, takes a long time to run through. Uh, but when you get down below, like the watercolor changes after the Chippewa River comes flows into it. There's a lot more like grass and duckweed and stuff, and it looks the way I imagine the area around Lacrosse and stuff like that to look a lot more. Unfortunately, the water was really high, and I'm apparently a terrible fisherman because I had a real tough day. But it happens. Yeah, but still a really Cody cool Meyer, part the of the river. Cup. I know, and I think Cody Meyer zeroed in the second day of the U.S. Open, too. Oh, wow. I'm not sure. I didn't But I think he that. did. Um, I know he posted something about not catching any fish. So. Is Cody Meyer in a slump? I know, right? He's like. Ooh, that's one of the storylines like leading into next season. He's like his last four. T- he's like two for his last yeah. four tournament days or whatever. Wow. So basically, he's not going to be any good next year. <laughs> I think that's. That's what it's down to. He's probably too invested in hokey football. Can he turn it around? I expect he can. Anyways, so you got out fishing, didn't catch any fish, but um, it was but it was still sweet. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. Uh, very cool to see the place. Um, didn't catch many. Uh, it was tough. Uh, trying to think what else I did. Kind of Sunday. I knew I was getting sick on Sunday, so I kind of tried to take it easy. Watched a lot of football, like sort of listened to football and watched it and did some other stuff and i don't know kind of wasted sunday away yeah that's all right that's what sundays are for yeah i'm allowed to do that every once in a while i'll be working next sunday so or this sunday so yeah covering the kentucky lake invitational which we'll talk about coming up as well but first i gotta feel like the reason we're having this guest on this week is so you can pick his brain because you've been uh, on the river so much lately is that the case here yeah, basically is. Also, he's super cool. Uh, but yeah, we're going to get talk to Tom Monsoor here in a little bit, uh, the swim jig king. FLW Tour Pro and uh, lacrosse and Mississippi stick. That's for sure. Yeah, he's he's probably won more money down there than anybody living or dead, to be honest. he's he, He's won a lot. I mean, he's got a good BFL record down there. He's, I think, you know, in some open tournaments, Rayvax and stuff that have come there, he's done well. But like, when you... Put him up against just fishing local stuff down there. Whoa, look out. So that should be a fun talk. Definitely. We're looking forward to Tom, and then, yeah, we'll get into the normal news for the week. Preview the upcoming college fishing event at Kentucky Lake. We'll talk about New Malonis and that stud 12-5, and, yeah, anything else. So with that being said, are you ready to get Tom on the phone? Yeah, I need a tissue, then let's call him up. All righty. Get your Kleenex. So now we're uh, we're joined by Bill Taylor, FLW Tour Tournament Director. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know I I know I just told you guys we were gonna have Tom Monsoor on, and 
you'll hear later in the podcast us talking about having Tom Monsoor on, but we're having Bill Taylor come in uh, last minute, actually post-production and pinch hit. And uh, Bill, how have you been? You've got the Forest Wood Cup over with, but your off season is really just beginning. Oh, yes. Just getting started. Good. Actually, I've gotten really busy, guys, over the past few days. And, uh, hey, uh, thanks a lot. I want to do uh, a special thank to your team, Joe. Uh, great outpouring of media exposure from the Forest Wood Cup. It's just been a phenomenal ride uh, all that week and right on even afterwards. I just had numerous calls from many, many fans. It uh, says it's one of the best events they've ever attended. And thanks a lot for your guys' support. Well, absolutely. Thank you for the kind words, but it's definitely a team effort. So I, I appreciate the recognition, but it, everybody did a great job. So thank you for that, Bill. That's for sure. They sure did. But yeah, I've been pretty busy, actually, working on 2015. Uh, I get uh, several calls of late. Uh, people want the Rayovac schedule and and uh, want to know about next year entering the tour. And so uh, we're excited here at FLW Operations in Benton, Kentucky. And uh, ready to move forward. We should have some uh, information for uh, our team in the Minneapolis office coming pretty quick here, okay? Nice. Well, that sounds good. I, I like that because uh, I'm as curious as the next person. I don't know where we're going next year. <laughs> um, do you? So I feel like I get asked, I don't know, every couple of hours it seems like, about <laughs> when the Rayovac schedule is coming out. Do we know when the Rayovac schedule is coming out, or is that still a top-secret event? Well, it's not so much it's secret, uh, uh, Joe and Jody. Uh, it's uh, We've still got some loose ends to tie up. Uh, we like to uh, get, uh, you know, with our host communities, we like to make sure that uh, we have contractual agreements in hand, you know, just to make sure that uh, we're all on the same page there. It has nothing to do financially. It has more to do with facilities and, and making sure that they are available uh per contract so that in a nutshell that's basically it we're we're ready uh we do have the schedule together uh and uh, we're just kind of waiting there now to get a couple more contracts back that says those facilities are in place for our use so uh won't be long cool uh, i like the sound of that um and i'm sure our fans listening do although they probably wish it'd come out yesterday Oh, I know, I know, and, and it, it it could be uh, as early as uh, uh, next week, early. So hopefully that's when we'll do it, and that's what I said at the Forestwood Cup, Joe. So but, uh, <laughs> it it is in the making, and it is going to be another exciting schedule for all of our anglers and fans. And uh, we've got a a, a a good deal for next year. We got a, a no entry fee championship for the Rayovac Series again next year, and so. Uh, it, it, going to be worth the wait okay great so then uh will things fall in place for the other circuits once the rayovac comes out or how does that work for like the bfl and the college fishing question yeah obviously we we start out scheduling wise with the tour and we get all that announced and in place and then we do the rayovac series and and uh uh, trying to uh, give those guys an opportunity to fish as many events in conjunction with the tour what we try to do uh, for uh, everyone's information, is we love to make sure that every division that we have in the Rayovac series allows our pro anglers uh, an opportunity to fish any one division they want uh, in hopes that they can qualify for the Forestwood Cup through that uh, uh, circuit. And meaning uh, by that, I mean that if they, uh, we make sure that 
the three Texas division events are scheduled to where anyone from Texas that fishes the FLW Tour uh, as a pro or co-angler, doesn't matter, has an opportunity to fish that division. The same thing with the Southeast Division and the Northern Division. We schedule uh, in an attempt to, uh, let's just say for the tour, we go to Toho. But what we want to be able to do is offer an event within one day's drive or a pretty uh, close proximity to where that particular event is uh, for uh, the Rayovac. So the guys can either hit the Rayovac on the way to the tour event or uh, simply hit the uh, Rayovac event as they leave uh, after the uh, FLW tour event. Just gives those guys a better opportunity to travel and expense-wise. So. Cool. Cool, I like that. Um, you know, you, you were talking about the tour making everything fall in place, but we actually changed the tour a little bit uh, this year, um, or, well, going into next year. Can you talk a little bit about moving the Chickamauga event uh, I guess sure. you know, why we did that, yes. and then yes, was that sure, a difficult Joe. thing I to sure do? Will. Uh, it's a very good question, and I, I've been asked that many times myself, you know, from uh, individual fans and anglers. But, uh, you know, this, this board is not as large uh, as some people may, uh, may uh, think. I mean, it's a small industry when you put all the anglers that fish professionally, all the sponsors out there. And the best thing we can do as a tournament organization is offer our pro anglers and any of our membership plenty of opportunities to fish, whether it's with FLW or other events. And, and uh, to avoid conflicts with events is not uh, anything unusual at FLW. For instance, uh, whenever we announced our schedule, I'd sent that to uh, the uh, uh, people at Bassmasters, uh, giving them our schedule. Uh, did that in early March, and uh, they emailed back and, and obviously said they would do their best to work around our schedule. And and to a certain point, they did, and he called me, one of their staff people. I won't mention his name, but he called and said, hey, uh, we've got one override here. Can you make an adjustment? And I said, let me look at it. And we were able to make that adjustment without uh, a tremendous amount of issues to avoid any conflicts with the Bassmaster Elite Series and the Walmart FLW Tour. And in doing that, uh, it not only helps uh, our anglers, but it helps our sponsors. We've got some sponsors that do both events, and sure. our, our both circuits, uh, people like uh, Mercury and uh, uh, those people and, and uh, Livingston Lures and other other companies uh, in the smaller tackle business type stuff. Um, you know, they, they want to attend uh, both circuits as uh, activation sponsors, and uh, that gives them a better opportunity to do so as well. So it's a win-win for all of us. Cool. I honestly hadn't thought of that sponsor side of things, but, you know, you're you're right. They, most sponsors don't have, uh, you know, two teams of people That's ready correct. to roll out and promote That's their correct. product. They've got, you know, one team for one event, and then that team will travel to the next event or something. So that actually makes a lot that, of sense, and that's, that's, that's cool. That's correct. And, and, you know, a lot of our outdoor uh, riders, whether it's uh, uh, our web people or whether it's uh, uh, John Doe from uh, um, X uh, Soda Fish Forum wants to come to both events, and that way they can cover both events and uh, in uh, our exposure wouldn't fall off or neither would theirs. So it's a, again, it's a win-win that there's very little, if any conflicts with scheduling at these uh, pro level events. 
Cool. Bill, I know it's uh, still a little early yet, but do we foresee like any rule changes or any big changes coming for next year in any circuit? Well, uh, well, uh, not 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 to any major extent. No, at the BFL level, very very minimal. Uh, uh, I think we're going to. We've had a, uh, a, an event, the BFL All American, which is one of our premier events. Obviously, uh, we've scheduled it in conjunction with the Walmart FLW Tour. But next year, it's going to be a standalone event. It used to be; it nice. was for many, many years. This coming year, it will be a standalone event. So they'll have their own event on their own waters. So, so uh, we're looking forward to getting back to that format at the BFL level. And obviously, there'll be some minor adjustments to a few of their rules, as long as uh, as well as the Rayovac. And at the uh, FLW Tour, we're just formatting right now. That's that's what uh, Dave Washburn, Kathy Fennell, and myself, along with uh, Chris Hoover and uh, our entire team in operations, are working on 2015 formatting. And that means uh, everything from rules to uh, how we do business all the way up through each qualifying event, uh, right through the uh, the um, Horsewood Cup. So uh, we're working on that right now. So uh, entry date, we're working on uh, entry uh, uh, dates uh, for 2015. Uh, we think we've got that nailed down to be probably the first two or three four days in December. So uh, that's when we'll probably start taking entries. But all that will be up and ready to go here within the next uh, – a couple of weeks as well okay awesome cool so i've got i guess just one more question um and then joe maybe you've got something on top of that but bill what's the hardest part of making all these schedules whether it's from figuring out you know who's going to host it or just you know picking where to go or just making them all mesh together what's the most difficult part for you to well, uh, you know, that's another good question. You guys are too good. Um, <laughs> but there's a lot that goes into the scheduling process, whether it's at the BFL level, the Revac, or the tour. Uh, but uh, primarily what we try to do, and, and my goal is, is to give our anglers an opportunity to fish a diversified type of fisheries. We, uh, I like to see us go to uh, areas that uh, has grass in those particular lakes, whether it's Florida or a Gunnersville type situation. I like to uh, have venues like Smith Lake uh, that w- allows anglers to uh, uh, utilize their skills in clear water environments or deeper water, um, whether it's a Beaver Lake, Smith Lake type situation. And then uh, I like to put uh, uh, versatile fisheries like Kentucky Lake on the schedule, uh, whether it's Kentucky Lake or a Pickwick or a uh, Seminole or whatever it is. Uh, that allows anglers to uh, fish uh, their strengths, whether it be ledge fishing or uh, uh, shallow water power fishing. So uh, we like to keep a diverse type of fisheries uh, out there for all of our anglers, and that goes for all the circuits. And, uh, of course, you have to look at uh, uh, times of year, uh, where our membership base is, where we will draw the best. Uh, Specifically, I'm talking... Rayovac series and uh, BFA at the tour level. Obviously, we reach out to fewer uh, people, but it's the one that impacts uh, our fan base the most. They want to read about going to uh, Gunnersville or Kentucky Lake and reading about the guys, how they offshore fish and how to do that out there and 
how to read the new uh, electronics and and all that good stuff. So uh, uh, we take a lot into consideration when we do that, and I, I think that uh, it shows in our, our strength of schedule. Awesome. Cool. Bill, we had uh, Peyote Perryman on last week, the producer of FLW TV show, as you're well aware, of course. But one of the questions that I asked him that I kind of want to ask you as well is, you know, what in the next five years do you think will be changing in the sport? And, you know, Peyote had, you know, some new cameras and he thought like an underwater camera would be coming soon and we'd be getting more footage from down there. But as far as your role with the sport goes, where do you see the sport in five years or where do you want to take the sport? I mean, do you see us going out west more often or maybe possibly up to Canada or, do you, you know, do you see anything coming? Well, you know, my goal is is to uh, give the anglers uh, their best product that they can possibly get for their money that they spend fishing with FLW. And, uh, again, uh, I think that our biggest change coming in the near future has to do with our ability to uh, – reach out to uh, angler fans through their social media networks. I think that uh, the growth of the industry and the sport itself is going to be based upon these anglers, whether they're at the grassroots or at the top professional, that they reach out to uh, uh, their fans and through social media and with video-type work uh, from uh, their, sure. uh, during the non-competition days, whether it's pre-fishing or fishing on their own lakes at home, I think we're going to see the big growth in that direction with the Icon, Ion cameras, uh, with the availability of, of uh, all of our communication devices. I think we're going to see a huge increase in those types of situations. So uh, uh, hopefully hopefully uh, that's, uh, we've, we've, we've proven that ourselves within our company. Uh, our team has put together a phenomenal group of guys including uh, uh, a couple of guys I'm talking to right now that knows how to get the information up on our websites and in the hands of the right people. And our fishermen need to be taught uh, to do the same. And once our anglers are able to get uh, reach out to the multitude of fans out there, that's when our sport will continue to grow and, and uh, reach a higher level. So, uh, we need everybody out there, whether uh, that person is a grassroots angler or whether they uh, want to be pro, to start developing their fan base now because uh, that's going to be the secret to uh, their success in making money in this sport. I like it. Good uh, advice. Good deal. Well, um, you know, uh, I've seen a lot of changes. You know, I've been around a long, long time as an angler myself, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I wish that I had had the opportunity as a uh, aspiring upcoming want to be professional uh, I was even afraid to go ask for uh, a $25 entry fee let alone a, a four or five thousand dollar entry fee but uh, these guys have got to learn how to uh, how to approach their sponsors and uh, who to listen to in the sport and, and uh, develop uh, uh, their abilities to where uh, they feel comfortable when they do approach sponsors and by doing that, they've got to reach a fan base that's uh, second to no one's, and uh, they'll they'll make money at this point. Then they can do that. Cool, good cool. deal. Well, yeah. uh, 
One other thing that I wanted to ask Bill about real quick is, um, of course, I've got an office right next door to Patterson Leith, who is the uh, oh, yeah. vice president of marketing here with FLW. And honestly, over the last you know two and a half weeks, he hasn't shut up about this trip that you guys took up to uh, Rainy Lake and fishing on the Scott Martin Challenge. Can you talk about that whole uh, deal a little bit? Oh, my goodness, I'd be more than glad to talk about well, that. How, how did you get involved there? How did you get chosen? Well, I went on that well, list. Well, that's a good one. Scott <laughs> Martin, who's just a phenomenal uh, 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 angler and, and an even better individually person, uh, he had been uh, asking me about uh, uh, being on the Scott Martin Challenge over the past couple of three years, and we just never could work something to where it worked for me uh, or uh, the Scott Martin Challenge, and we uh, he called uh, me earlier in the summer and said, hey, what if we do an event up on Rainy Lake? Can you get away and go? And I said, well, if it's after the Forest Wood Cup, yes. And so he scheduled this and invited uh, uh, Patterson Leith, who's a VP of uh, marketing up there, new to our team, but a great guy. And uh, uh, we went up there uh uh, stayed on a houseboat way into the remote areas of Rainy Lake, and uh, we uh, slept, uh, we ate, and we fished off of that houseboat. One of the greatest trips I've ever been on, guys. And, wow. And uh, it's a trip of a lifetime for Bill Taylor, that's for sure. And I think <laughs> Patterson enjoyed it more than I did even. And the reason <laughs> being, we enjoyed fishing not only with Scott Martin, uh, but uh, his entire team, his camera operators were just workaholics. They worked from daylight to way after dark, just taping and filming and shooting stuff. And uh, then uh, Scott had uh, his uh, manager there as well, a tremendous uh, gentleman uh, that just uh, his, he impressed me as much as Scott in his work, uh, uh, work ethics. Uh, these guys are going to go places in this sport, I'll tell you. Scott Martin is uh, tops in my book, and that even solidified my opinions of him he's just a great angler and a great person and and uh, but we did we had a great time as a matter of fact scott and i uh kind of won the that of course uh the tv show won't come out until uh early january but uh anyone out there listening make sure you watch that because uh there was a big bunch of smallmouth bass caught and that's all i'll say about it okay <laughs> you certainly deserved it bill after all your hard work during the cup uh you it was cool to hear that you were getting away for a little bit and getting to do some fishing for fun i would imagine that the uh the famed booza bug that you always like to throw played a little bit of a role am i right well, in that uh that's uh, uh, a great possibility and again uh i think that uh, that'll be shown uh when he uh, does air the tv show and sometime in january so uh um you know it's kind of uh, I've been sworn to secrecy here, so uh, we don't want to talk too much and give it away. But uh, let's put it this way. You're going to see some great smallmouth fishing on Rainy Lake. Yeah, I've seen some cool. pictures. I, I can believe that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the episode. Uh, good, good, good. As a matter of fact, Jody, I, I, I watched some of your little videos that you post uh, uh, up on your uh, Facebook and uh, all that good stuff. Man, you... Hey, uh, you're quite the fisherman there uh, as well, dude, and uh, uh, I need to see you take Joe out uh, a little bit more. He needs to get a little more experience out there on that Mississippi River. Well, well we were out a few weeks sometimes. ago, but I wouldn't let him turn the ions on. No no <laughs> okay. evidence. Well, you need to turn the ion cameras on so I can have proof in the pool. there. 
All right, I'll do my best to get you some evidence of Joe fishing, Bill. I'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, good. Well, good. Awesome. <clears throat> Joe, you've been a fountain of questions. Anything else? That was all I had for Bill this week. Bill, thanks for coming on and uh, saving our butts. Oh, Al, it's my pleasure. And, uh, uh, guys, you do a great job there, I'll say that. I really enjoy each uh, uh, podcast, and I look forward to seeing and hearing and listening to every one of them. And uh, let's all get together here and uh, get 215 going, and uh, let's hope and pray that uh, uh, it'll be even more successful than 214 was. Thank you, guys, and uh, uh, have a great day, okay? Yes, sir. All right. Thank you, Bill. We'll talk to you real soon. So, sure. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. So, Joe, uh, we just got off the phone with Bill Taylor. I guess we'll break it down a little bit, and then we'll flip you guys into the uh, rest of the podcast that we've yeah. already recorded. Um, kind of a weird week, but... Yeah, it was a little weird week, uh, that's for sure. I'm going to count on your editing skills here to make it work, though. We'll see. Uh, I've been doing it for, I don't know... 45, uh, 45 episodes. episodes now, well, this so. one, plus... The yeah, old hogcast. Uh, so, Come on, don't forget about that. Yeah, and you know, Bill Taylor, he was talking about like there being two fifteen or whatever. I think I think he was probably looking at the number of like total audio clips or whatever that are up in that iTunes channel. Um, I, th- I think he meant like twenty fifteen, like getting ready for twenty fifteen the season. You're probably right. Because two fifteen seems like even a high number for stuff in that podcast channel. So That's I bet I you're right thinking. about that. Well, I, I wasn't I sure what you were talking it. about when you were like 215. I was like, huh? Hey, I was confused. But gotcha. yeah, you know, 2015 is probably going to be a pretty good year for us. I got a good feeling about these next uh, next three to five years for FLW. So I'm, I'm I agree. all on board with that. I agree. I think we're headed in the right direction. Um, anyhow, I guess talking about, you know, what Bill Taylor talked about, I don't really have anything to add. I mean, I was, you know, I was I was happy we could move the move Chickamauga. I think mm-hmm. he's, you know, covered all the good reasons why we should move that. And I hadn't even thought of moving it for the sponsors, but that's, sure. a, that's a, just as valid a reason as moving it for the pros and making that easier. Uh, and I mean, man, I've seen the pictures and stuff of the Scott Martin challenge and boy, <laughs> I wish I'd been there. Yeah, it did look and sweet. And I'm flattered that Bill watches my videos. Also, I'm going to be much more careful of what I post. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Boy, are you wearing those flip-flops. <laughs> yeah, I think I got a lot of videos uh, with me and bare feet um, <laughs> of late. But yeah, it's uh, you know, it, it's cool to talk with Bill. I always, I always enjoy it. Definitely, Bill Taylor's a great guy. I love the fact that he talked about the schedule and what goes into it, and let us know that it'll be coming in the next week or two. So now we've got some answers when we get asked every hour when's the Rayovac schedule coming. So yeah. Well, and we've been saying a week or two for maybe a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like Bill, uh, <laughs> Bill Taylor said, since the cup, he's been saying that. But, yeah, but I really do think it is within the next week or two that it'll be coming, though. I agree. Also, I love that the BFL All-American is going to be a standalone event. Yeah. That has got me fired up. Yeah, that's because, great news for the BFL guys, for I sure. Mean, it's awesome to get those guys more publicity because they deserve it, and it's much easier on us to not have to cover two events at the same time. Definitely. And so I'm... I'm so and I'm the media really as well. You know that's always know. been the struggle the last few years. It's is, like, well, they okay. You've got these two huge tournaments there. going on, the FLW Tour, but there's also the All American across the street. So yeah. yeah. So I I'm I'm all about having that be being two separate tournaments, and I'm looking forward to see where that gets scheduled. Champlain. <laughs> um, I'm just always going to say that, but yeah, I, I think it's uh, that's a great great thing to go back to. And Bill, as always, was a good interview. Yeah, I agree. Thank you, Bill. So with that being said, should we fade out to the news here? Yeah, guys. Here's the rest of the podcast. Uh, the first thing is uh, the Fresno State sweep 
in the uh, Western College Fishing event on New Malonis. Yes, that was a lot of fun to cover this past weekend. That's for sure. Yeah. Didn't you call the winning team as well? I did. I, I picked two teams last time. One of them, CSU Long Beach. Two teams you wanted to note, yep. Yeah. And the other one, uh, Jeremy Pitts and Michael Cantu. Ended up winning <laughs> the event. And they won the tournament. Yes. I feel like a genius. They brought a five-bass limit to the scale Saturday. And you now Cody Meyer in the pre-event news release said 15 pounds is going to win this thing. Well, Pitts and Cantu ended up bringing 22 pounds, three ounces to the scale. Granted, they had something special. Smashing Cody's prediction, and they did have something special. A huge largemouth weighing 12 pounds, five ounces. Did you see the picture, Jody? Yes, Joe. I did see the picture. It was a hog. I got to imagine that's got to be a college fishing record. Now, we can't verify that due to, uh, you know, format changes, and oftentimes we don't weigh the big bass for college guys, but I can't ever recall a bigger bass being weighed in, you know, in college fishing. Nor the tour, if we're being honest. I've been with the FLW tour for three years. I've never seen anything bigger than, you know, 10 and change. So... Just a huge, huge bass. I got to imagine that's close to, if not the record. Or I would think there's a pretty good chance it is for college fishing. I mean, I suppose it could be for the tour. I don't, I don't know. But yeah, it was a giant. Uh, it's always. I would have liked to. That's a way, and I would have liked to have watched because I like hap- seeing that happen in real time, where everybody's like, "Oh, holy cow!" And there were a few of those moments at like, you know, this year at like. I don't know about Pickwick. I assume there was, but I wasn't at that one when Gussie caught his giant. Mm-hmm. But there were a couple of those moments at Sam Rayburn, a couple at uh, Kentucky Lake, I feel like, where it's like, oh, we got to go see this Yeah. Um, when when something like that happens. And I think it would have been cool. Uh, I was fishing, though, so I didn't watch the way in. But, yeah, I, I was an incredible fish, and, boy, they had a really great tournament. Yeah, as you mentioned, uh, Fresno State you know, swept, and they took the top three spots. And it was pretty ironic because in the interview, they said that they didn't really work together or share much information, you know, as a club. It was basically, you know, uh, the club is on Fresno State is only about 90 minutes from New Malonis Lake. So they did get quite a bit of practice time up there. But I mean, um, Brandon, uh, not Brandon Cantu, Michael Cantu said that who's Brandon Cantu? I've heard that name before. I've never heard that name I think he's a famous poker player, which is why it's in my head. (laughs) But anyways, Michael Cantu said that, you know, they talked a little bit in practice, maybe like general areas, and this color may be better than the other, but they were not working together, and it was just kind of ironic that Fresno State took the top three spots. Can you recall that ever happening before? Well, I can't uh, not specifically know. I mean, I know uh, at the uh, Northern – Northern Conference Invitational on Philpot, Virginia Tech took two of the top five spots, and uh, we weren't working together in any particular mm-hmm. way. Uh, you know, we all had we had separate separate deals that we were fishing, uh, and it worked out. Obviously, not in a one two three fashion, uh, but I, I I don't think that's necessarily uncommon when you've got a school that's a little bit closer. They know the lake, um, they've been on it a bit more. And a lot of the guys, you know, they know how they like to fish. They have sort of established norms for what they like to do there. So they're going to end up doing sort of the same thing anyhow sometimes. So I, I think that's – it's neat that they finished one, two, three, but it's not surprising to see them finish in a group. or Sure. Similar, all do well, you know. Well, here, let me tell you how Pitts and Cantu 
won the tournament and caught their fish, I'm by the sure way. I'm sure a lot of people have been waiting for us <laughs> to tell them about that. They said that they got on a drop shot in jig pattern in practice. Gosh, they were catching like tons of numbers on drop shots, but the bigger fish were coming on the jig. So uh, coming in the tournament, that was their plan was, I believe it was Jeremy was going to throw the drop shot rig, and Michael was going to throw the jig. And I may have gotten that mixed up, but it was one or the other. So 9 a.m. rolls around. They had four solid ones in the live well from their first area. Uh, they moved on to their second area, and a few casts in, they got the 12-pounder on the jig. Um, it was Jeremy Pitts that caught the fish. Cantu was the net man. So fish came on a f- sculpin-colored California Reservoir Lures jig. That was what the big 12-pounder came on. And then uh, most of their fish came drop-shotting a 4.5-inch prism shad-colored robo-worm. So... There we go. Awesome. Yeah, it was a fun tournament to cover. I mean, anytime you get to talk to those guys after the catching, you know, that's a fish of a lifetime. They're pretty excited. So it was cool talking to those guys, and it was a fun tournament to watch. Cool. Good deal. Um, and I've What's got, next on the list? Well, here's the thing. I've got 12 five, I've got 12-5. Oh, that was the size of their fish. Yeah, that was the monster. I had a number. I had it written down, and I was like, I just couldn't remember why <laughs> I had that number written down. I was like, what's that for? What's next on the agenda? Uh, well, we've got the uh, Central Conference Invitational coming up on Kentucky Lake. Ooh, this is the first uh, college fishing Invitational of the year, correct? Yes, I believe it is. Looking at the schedule, yes, it is. So anyhow, um, it's this week. There's a whole slate of uh, excellent teams, including the uh, college fishing national champions, Chris Bergen, um, Austin Felix. Austin Felix. I was going to call him Alex Felix. I was like, that's not right. I can't do that. <laughs> You're sick. Uh, I know, right? Um, anyhow, so it, it's going to be a great tournament. There's a bunch of local schools and local teams qualify for that one. So I think we should see some really good weights just by virtue of a lot of people are down there who not only are they good, they've got some familiarity with the fishery. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. It should be a lot of fun. I talked with uh, George Foreman Pro. Um, Dan Moorhead. <laughs> You're having troubles over there. Yes, Dan Moorhead. Yeah, I talked with him, and he said that, you know, the fish are kind of scattered around this time of year. You've got some that are moving in shallow, doing their fall sort of thing. You've still got some fish out on the ledges, but he said most of the fish out on the ledges are fishing, are out on sort of the shallower ledges. They're not out in, you know, 20, you know, 25 feet of water. They're mm-hmm. up near the tops, eight feet of water, places around stumps and things. Kind of a lot like the way Brent Anderson, who won the Music City BFL and who you'll hear from later in this show, caught his fish this last weekend. So it sounds like it should be a really cool event in that there'll be a lot of different things to do. I think a couple guys might even decide to make that long run down toward Paris and below Paris to try and get around some grass and stuff like that. So it should be should be pretty cool, and I'm looking forward to it. Um and uh, let's see, you can watch that on FLW Live at 2.30, uh, I guess Central. 2.30 Central time, yep. 2.30 Central on, on Saturday. Saturday. And then you can watch it again at 3.30 Central on Sunday. And they're, the top 15 are weighing in at Walmart. It'll be cool to see some of these teams get to compete in a two-day event. I know, you know, there's going to be a few that I have before, but I think a lot of them, this is going to be their first ever two-day tournament. So it'll be fun to see. So we're through the uh, Invitational. It should be fun. 
Joe, we had two awesome things come up on the website this week, up on TV, up on YouTube. I guess Be- the Circuit Breaker is not up on YouTube, but we had the uh, Beaver Lake episode of Circuit Breaker and the All-American TV show. Yes. Have you watched both of those? I have. Did you love both of those? Loved both of them. All right. Awesome. What did you think? I loved the All-American TV show. Mm-hmm. I watched Circuit Breaker a while ago, and then it, I think, underwent some changes, and I haven't watched the new version. Okay. Um, I haven't seen any around. of the prior versions. I only got to see this one. I'm going to get around to watching the new version, but I just haven't yet. Uh, but I'm sure it was good, because Travis does an awesome job, and I think it's Kyle Wood heavy, and I love me some Kyle Wood. It was. Uh, so I'm all about that. And the It can't be easy to make a TV show with guys, you know, that are... Not, not having the yeah, not having the greatest tournament and pissed off and don't want to see the camera guy around them. So props to Travis on making it work and you know getting something out of there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I was I was definitely imp- I was impressed by it. I mean, I always love the visuals of it, uh, just because I think he does a great job shooting it and stuff like that. But yeah, it was. A, I thought it was a good episode when I first watched it. I'm sure it's better, you know, when I get around to watch it a second time, which I will eventually. But it's been a busy few days. Um, anyhow, uh, that said, I think we're sort of ready to talk about some BFLs. You sure. Anything else? Nope. Awesome. Well, in that case, uh, we've got a uh, super tournament packed BFL weekly update. We're going to cut it off a little early this week because I don't want to get too short of breath. Um. First up, uh, the Bama division on Lake Eufaula. Patrick Dobbins caught 28 pounds, 15 ounces over two days, picked up the win, and I've got a little bit of audio from him right now about basically how his tournament went. Um, yeah, the pattern was I had a run, see, I don't know, it was a long way up the river, probably about 30 miles or so up the river, and uh, I was fishing lay down on the riverbanks, but we had a rain like Thursday night, a real heavy rain, so it muddied up the water. So we had colored water, and uh, I just took a black and blue jig, and I was pitching laydowns and uh, just picking them apart, you know, popping off the laydowns, and lines start moving off. <laughs> I bust them. It was awesome. Then I lost a six-pounder, too. I wish I got that sucker in. It would have been really nice, but luckily I didn't need it. I just found the stretch of riverbank that had the fish on in practice. I went there Friday, and I fished for about five hours Friday before the tournament. I put in a lay up the river, and... and uh, I just noticed the water was nice and stained up there, and I saw a lot of brim popping around the edges. And went over there by the, where the brim were popping and all, and I was like, hey, that's good to see some food over there. So started pitching around some of the trees, and they were there. So I think one of the things that stuck out to me was that he was throwing a custom jig. It seems like a lot of these guys make their own jigs, which I feel like maybe I should start doing that more. But he had his own deal going, and I love that he was, you know, totally out on a limb with how he caught his fish there was only i talked to him he said there's basically only one other guy up the river with him but other than that he had it all to himself and i thought that was really cool cool congratulations patrick dobbins awesome uh next up the buckeye division on indian lake cody seager uh caught 15 pounds three ounces and he actually finished the year second in the division in AOI points. So he had a great season. This He said this was his first year fishing the BFLs. I think it was really his first full year fishing the BFLs. Um, and he 
had a fantastic year. I mean, anytime you can finish second in your division, and the Buckeye division is a tough division. There's some sticks up there. Uh, that's a good deal. He, on Indian Lake, he was fishing sort of a grass bite. I guess the lake has a lot of, uh, it's got a lot of real shallow grass. They're kind of in mats, and he was fishing the edges of those where they dropped from about one to six feet of water, and he was kind of, he was throwing a uh, prickly power worm uh, in blue fleck, the uh, seven-inch model, and he was throwing it on a one-sixteenth-ounce sinker because he said a lot of the fish were sort of up high on that edge, and he wanted a nice slow-falling bait to catch them. And uh, he was actually throwing it on a spinning rod, real finesse, uh, going light line, all that. So I thought that was really cool that he had them that dialed in. Really, he had a phenomenal day on Saturday, and on Sunday he had a very tough day, but it was enough to get the job done. Congratulations, Cody Seeger. All right. After that, we've got the Cowboy Division. Uh, on Sam Rayburn, Kevin Lassione, uh, he caught 36 pounds, 11 ounces, and he really basically just had one key spot. He uh, he started Saturday. He was just kind of fishing around, fishing around some grass, fishing the outside edges of it. Uh, caught some fish, caught his limit, and then uh, on and then caught one big five-pounder at the end of the day on Saturday off this point that had some grass and it had some bare patches with uh, some bluegill around it and stuff like that. And then on Sunday, he went back to that point, and he had, I think, over 20 pounds in the box by, like, 9 Sunday morning. He was singing Amazing Grace in the boat, and he basically <laughs> just crushed him. So, you know, he discovered his prime point in the end on Saturday, capitalized on it on Sunday, picked up the win, and he caught his fish throwing a blue fleck, or a blue flex, it's called, which is basically blue fleck, uh, V&M wild thing worm. Did we happen to uh, get any audio of Kevin singing? No, no, I did not ask him to sing for uh-huh. me. Uh, I don't typically ask people to sing. Well, I thought maybe he provided some from his Miracle Day or something. No, but he did have a great day of fishing. Uh, next up. Congratulations, Kevin Lassion. Yeah, next up, Music City Division on Kentucky Lake, Brent Anderson, who he's now won a uh, super tournament on Kentucky Lake two years in a row. He won the LBL Division one last year. The LBL Division is about ready to fish, I think, either this weekend or next weekend. He could be about to win another one. Anyhow, Brent Anderson, he caught 36 pounds, 15 ounces. Uh, it's his fourth BFL win on Kentucky Lake, and I'm going to let him talk about that right now. The first day, uh, you know, my plan, my plan was the whole, you know, I was, I was fishing to win, and to do that, I knew I wasn't going to get many bites, but, you know, I knew how, I felt like I knew how I needed to fish to catch the winning, the bigger fish, and uh, so I was concentrating on uh, shallow edges and you know, that four to, four to eight foot range with, uh, isolated stumps on them. Okay. And, uh, you know, I, I usually throw a big worm and a football jig on those, but I, I actually caught all of my fish on a striking, uh, two or grade football jig, three quarter ounce in black and blue with a rage crawl trailer. Um, but I only caught eight keepers that day, but I had, you know, what I had what I had by 10 birdie. So I continued to do that the rest of the day, trying to 
because, you know, I knew that was the only way I could upgrade, you know, fishing for those bigger fish. But I only caught eight keepers all day. And uh, day two, uh, you know, I started the day the same way. And at about noon, I had caught a four-pounder and a three-and-a-half-pounder on the jig. And, you know, I I realized the you know, a cold front had come through, and there was an east wind, and I started thinking, you know, I, a limit may be very important today is what I was thinking because, you know, I figured the other guys were struggling as well. So I had a few uh, deep wedge schools left. But they just didn't have the quality in them. And uh, I spent the rest of that day drop shotting up in the deep schools to finish out my limit, which luckily ended up being enough to win. The one thing that stuck out to me was the decision he made on day two to go out and just to go get a limit because he, you know, he did not think that the other competitors would be catching them. He thought that with the cushion he had, a limit would be enough. And I thought that was really so cool that he has the confidence. He didn't make. He didn't go get a limit because he was scared. Like, man, I just got to catch a limit and just show up with something. He went and got a limit because he really thought that was the best way to win because he thought if I can't catch him, then the other guys can't catch him. And I think that is just, I think that's super cool. I think, you know, honestly, Brent Anderson, he's one of my favorite guys to follow in the BFL circuit because he's so good. On Kentucky Lake, I mean, he's he's saying he's on another level is probably a little taking it too far. But he, man, these last few years he's been cracking them, and he's on the water all the time. And just the way he plays that lake, and you know, fish and fishes against those the other competitors is really amazing to me. It's a he he's kind of like Randy Haynes light, honestly there can when you know Randy Haynes is like that maybe on Pickwick or something it's really wild and I love watching it uh so that's uh that's the deal there all right congratulations Brent Anderson all right and then uh the Northeast Division was fishing their super tournament up on the Thousand Islands Gray Buck caught 50 pounds 10 ounces nice yeah big bag of the week um he uh, actually used to fish uh in college for Penn State, and I've got some audio right now of him talking about his, you know, finding his spots and how his tournament went. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. I couldn't believe the size of the fish I was catching. It was, well, I um, was up about three weeks ago with um, uh, two friends, and we were just kind of out there looking around. I'd never been out in the Lake Ontario before, and we had a spot off a point that there was a point that came off the point and um, this spot was as loaded with big fish. Um, when we were up there a couple weeks ago, we had probably about 25 pounds between us. And when I came up on, I practiced on Friday, this, the day before the tournament started. Then I went there and I caught two that were five pounds when I left the area. And then um, from there, I kind of was looking around the lake trying to find something similar. And I was catching a lot of small fish. But I found one other point um, near the heading back towards like the uh, St. Lawrence River that had a couple of fish that were like three pounds. So I thought maybe it would be like a backup area. And it turned out during the tournament, I caught most of my fish the first day on that spot on the uh, big point where I caught them a couple weeks ago. But then I went there on Sunday and they weren't there. I caught one in the morning in the first three hours. 
and I was just kind of scrambling trying to find um, uh, just like some three-pound fish just to fill out a limit for the day and hope I could still hang on for the win. And when I pulled up on that spot where we were catching the threes the day before for about 20 minutes, we caught probably eight between myself and my co-angler, and I ended up catching 24 pounds for the day two. All right, so, you know, that's basically how Gray caught his fish, got the job done. One thing I want to mention is that on Saturday, he only had about two hours of fishing time because it was really rough. He uh, was making a long run, about 30 miles or so, I think. And, you know, Lake Ontario, uh, St. Lawrence Seaway, it gets rough. So he had a real cut-down fishing time on Saturday, and then his baits were a crosstail shad from Jackal and a Lake Fork hyper finesse worm. Both of those he threw on a drop shot. He said he pretty much had one rod on the deck the whole time, and that's a good way to fish. Gamble paid off for him, definitely. So congratulations, Gray Buck. Cool. And then finally, uh, the Savannah River Division, they fished on Clark's Hill. Jamie Rampy caught exactly 29 pounds. He had an amazing final day of the BFL All-American, by the way. Another reason to watch the TV show. I mean, mm-hmm. he's putting him in hand over fist. Uh, anyhow, he caught his fish on a Zoom Horny Toad and a Knight's Custom Lure Buzzbait around Hydrilla. He said, you know, basically on Clark's Hill, there's a little less Hydrilla than there usually is this, this time of year. And anywhere he could find a little patch of it, he could get a bite off of, and that they were the right bites. Cool. Congratulations, Jamie Rampy. And Joe, with that, I think uh, I think that's the the end of our uh, role here. I've I've gone through all our news. I, I I don't know what else to say. I haven't heard we haven't heard from back from uh, Tom, so I think it might just be us this week talking to you. Um, Joe, do you have any other pieces of news or anything going on this weekend that you want to update us about? Not really. It's going to be a pretty boring weekend. Oh, actually, no, not. I'm I, going to Kentucky Lake for the Outdoor say, Riders it's thing. It's going to be a really boring yeah, weekend, I forgot but about that. I'm going traveling across the country. That's right. Yeah, I'll be in uh, <laughs> Kentucky for an Outdoor Riders conference as well as the first day of the College Fishing Invitational event. So, yeah, that'll be fun. Cool. Well, I hope you uh, have fun down there. I hope you maybe get to fish a little bit. That'd be cool. Definitely. Um, You know, if you see some college anglers, uh, tell them to get with it. Tell them to keep fishing, not asking you for autographs about the podcast and whatnot. Sure. Because uh, I'm sure they'll probably want to take time out of their days to do that. Happens all the time. I know. You seem to have a knack for attracting <clears throat> those. Um, yeah, so I think that's I think that's about it. Uh, all right, man, get better. I'll try. You know, you guys, you can follow FLW uh, on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at flwoutdoors.com. You can follow me at Jody Blanco, hear uh, all about being sick and how fun it is. You can follow Joe on Twitter, at Joe Opogger. Um, and I guess that's it, guys. Have a great weekend. I hope your uh, football teams, I hope your fantasy football teams do really well. Um, I hope uh, your fantasy baseball teams in the playoffs, like mine is, do really well. And, uh, you know, go fishing, tight lines. Yeah, thanks for listening.